What are cryptocurrencies? Hey, hey, hey. What are NFTs? A non-fungible token. Time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin just seems like a scam. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Bitcoin! Hello everyone, welcome back to On The Ledger. This is your host Moel Said, and I'm back once again on a weekly rendezvous. Only this time around, I am live from Minneapolis for VCon. VCon is a multi-day conference put together by Gary V and his amazing team. And I have to say that they really didn't disappoint. There's an amazing lineup of speakers, panels, and collaborative experiences. I'm here with the Ledger team, and the good news is that we'll be taking you with us to meet some of our favorite guests and listen to what they've been up to. For today's episode, I'm super stoked to be chatting with Betty, who's the co-founder and horde mother of Deadfellas. For those of you who are not very familiar with the NFT space, Deadfellas is an NFT project consisting of 10,000 undead NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain. Betty has been keeping her identity private for the past year, but this time around, she decided to dox herself specifically at VCon, and she'll tell us all about it in a few minutes. Hey Betty, how's it going? It's going well. I mean, I'm very happy and super stoked to be chatting with you. Uh, We've been talking for a while, but, you know, to physically see someone and (laughs) obviously having been through all of what you've been through in the past year, um, I'm very much, you know, looking forward to, first of all, addressing, you know, the elephant in the room. How how was that doxing experience like and why did he decide to do it at VCon? Um, The experience has been wild like the words don't really come easily for it because I don't think there's much to compare it to but I was very nervous um although it was something that I wanted to do you know it was never my intention to remain anonymous forever I always wanted to come to these sorts of events in person um so I was I was excited as well as nervous um yeah VCon the reason I did it here is just because um the opportunity to be here came up and I did toy with the idea of just doing you know the activation and not not speaking or sending someone else from the team or you know something like that but um, I really just wanted to connect with everyone it's kind of cool to be able to like meet you (laughs) talk to you so many times and now I get to sit with you Um, yeah other project founders of, of projects that I love and people in my community I mean it's, it's actually, when you think about it, the NFT space has really enabled us to build digital identities. And that truly emancipates us, you know, from the physical biases that we might, you know, um, um, be going through in, for in, in our daily lives, you know. And, and the idea is that as a project founder, you kind of are able to protect yourself and your family. But at the end of the day, you truly have a certain pressure as well from uh, the NFT community to really find out who's behind that avatar. And the past year has been crazy for you. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners that might not know your story or the story of that fellas, could you maybe give us like a, a quick overview of your background and where you're coming from and how that that fellas idea came to life? Yeah. Um, so my background is in creative production, community organizing. Um, I've kind of done a bit of everything over the over my adult life, I guess. Um, I was before Dead Fellas. Um, the co-director of my own agency with Psych, who is my co-founder for Deadfellas and the artist for Deadfellas. Um, we were doing a lot of corporate work. It was it was great. We were blessed with good clients and, and all of that, but the pandemic hit and, you know, creative work was the first thing to, to be really hurt, I think. It was quite a hard time. Um, we went from doing, you know, really cool 
campaigns and things to like COVID explainer videos for, for like everyone. Um, so yeah, it was it was last January. Um, some artists in a collective that Psych has been a part of for a while, Depthcore, um, they introduced him to NFTs and said, "Hey, you should have a look at this." Um, he explained it to me, and I was just immediately extremely excited. I thought it was, I had been waiting for something um, like that, like a big pivotal shift, something you know that we could create some real change with. Um, so I, I immediately identified it as an opportunity and uh, he basically started making one of ones right away. Um, I just dove into learning. I would sit on Clubhouse and like, listen, it was a, a lot of uh, lurking for a long time. I was on Twitter, but like, um, you know, on, even on Sykes Twitter, like I didn't even have my own Twitter. Um, I was a bit intimidated to join the space myself at first so um but as soon as i became comfortable it was like too much i had to just jump in so yeah i mean it's fascinating and you see you know about that, that lurking experience i think we've all been through that of you yeah. know you're fascinated with whatever's happening in the space and you're basically lurking around and trying to find your own project or where your own interests actually intersect with whatever happened whatever's happening in the space That's so it. for for that fella specifically how did the, the idea come to life and what kind of triggered it um, well, it was through that lurking. I was yeah. I was enamored with what was going on, but there wasn't really anything that I felt um, connected to. Like, I I didn't see anything that I personally would want to use as my profile picture. But I did want to interact with that sort of um, movement that was happening. Um, I didn't see anything that captured like who I am, and so. I thought, well, I, I feel like that, so other people feel like that, so there needs to be something. Um, a lot of people were con contacting Psych for um, art to do art on their projects and, and whatnot, and I was like, let's just, like, me and you, we will do this. Yeah. Um, the idea for Dead Fellas itself, like, the name, the look, the aesthetic, like, what it was going to capture, all came really quickly. Like, I just had to sit for five minutes and That's it was like amazing. a lightning bolt, yeah, and everything. It was like this beautifully formed, like, light bulb moment. Um, I brought it to Psych. I explained to him, like, what I what I saw it looking like. We would, we created, like, the first little avatar, which we have never released anywhere, and it's very cute, and we will one day. Um, oh, like planning the, on like releasing the base. it? Well, we will, we will someday. It's That's really cute. It's really cute. Um... And I saw that little guy and I was like, this is gonna change some things, like this is gonna be really big. And um, yeah, the the process of developing it then out, like the, all the different traits, it was really fun. It was so creative and um, like joyful. It was very stressful and very, very, very hard work. Imagine. But at the same time, like we were able to sit together and work on things that we were super passionate about. We were like listening to all of our favorite music and we had TV on and like, you know, looking at, all different fashion that we love, like bringing all of those different elements in. How can we pay homage to, you know, this animation or this band? Like one of the mouth traits is um, for gorillas because we love the band gorillas okay. and like what they did with digital identity well before their time. Um, yeah, all of that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's fascinating when you have that creative understanding with someone and you start having that moment of, you know, flow and the ideas come out. Yeah. But, you know, to me, like the Web3 space is also a very steep learning curve because, you know, if you're minting it 
10,000 PFP collection, there's a lot of technical elements that you need to be, you know, mastering in some way or another. How did you approach that? And, and you know, are, were there any challenges, um, you know, that you had to face? And how did you actually approach them with your partner? Um, well, we're fast learners yeah. and uh, adaptable. And I like to, I, I'm, I'm always learning. I really am passionate about learning. So I, I'm constantly, um, you know, hungry for more information on, on anything that I'm interested in mm -hmm. or anything that gives context to my work. So for me, it was just another thing to learn. I don't do any of the actual dev. You know, we outsourced that. We had devs that we brought in um, that we worked on. Well, one of them was um, a dev 9999, um, the last CryptoPunk. Um, and they worked on the 4156 project. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? In the crypto voxels yeah. early last year, um, Psych did all of the aesthetics and the, the visuals for that. Um, and so they met there and um, they're just an incredible dev. So we, you know, we, we met people through this in the space that was cool. we were then able to form like a, a building working trust yeah. We don't know their name. We've never seen them, but like <laughs> that's it's an interesting part of Web three. You know, you you build that rapport and that that working relationship with having never met, like you and I. Yeah. So yeah, I think, but I think that 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 kind of leads into the collaborative nature of Web three, and that's something that I love so much about it. I think it changes the mm -hmm. dynamic in in everything that we're doing in the creative industries and other industries. And absolutely, I mean, there are a lot of resources in the Web three space, yeah, and a lot of people that are actually want you know, have this drive to collaborate and you know create fascinating stuff mm -hmm. and i think when you look at you know what's happening today with the market um and you know obviously all of us have suffered and you know our bags you know we're all sad because you know the floors haven't been as as high as they yeah. were last year but when you think about it the people who actually get to stay and and build throughout this downtime are the ones who are really in it for the the values and the vision and you know to that point specifically um, what, what do you think, you know, the, the projects need in general uh, in order uh, to sustain the level of interest from the community that they've created during a bull market? Because obviously during a bull market, it's rainbows and butterflies, yeah. all the projects are succeeding. And then, you know, during a time like the one we're living at the moment, um, you have obviously a lot of projects, um, you know, kind of the other way around. You only have a handful of projects that are able to sustain that level of interest. And obviously that fellas is one of them. What's the secret behind that? I think, have, I think I've been speaking a lot about this this weekend with people. Um, I think that the, the cyclical nature of the space and the way that, you know, we, we go in like bull markets and then we'll in a bear market right now, um, I think that it's challenging for people that launched in those bull markets because that's what they expect. And what is there aside from that hype and that, you know, crazy community activity and joy and um, when that goes away, what's left. Mm -hmm. And so for us, I think that we do have a benefit of having launched quite before all of it really truly exploded. I think we launched at a really nice time. It was everything was kind of more focused on creativity and um, innovation and experimentation. And so our project was born from that because that's who we are as people, but also we were quickly adopted by the creator community in, in NFTs. It was not really about, um, you know, flipping for, for the people that joined us right away. Um, 
a lot of the main artists in the space that I absolutely love are big fans of Dead Fellas. You know, people that have really opened doors for others like Lorona and Fokrenda. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that all of those people are also focused on innovation and experimentation and creativity and mm-hmm. like how can we apply that to this space rather than the hyper-focus on finance? And I know that they intersect and it's an important intersection, but it can't be the focus. And I think that when you're building in response to just that, there isn't anything that will that will continue mm-hmm. when that part mm-hmm. either falls away or is, you know, at risk, like right now. Um, so for us, it just isn't a focus. For us, we just continue to build to the vision that we have, that we know we are doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's just hard for people that may have launched when everything was, you know, crazy ecstatic a few months ago. Um, so yeah, I think that it's, people are in, a lot of people are in survival mode now, but I would say that if you can definitely try and use this time to build, exactly. it's How so cliche, so much less, so much less, so much less. Yeah. And now because as well, even, you know, the communities, um, they don't, they're not, um, preoccupied with constantly like these this rising rising floor like it's it's less of a focus um and and i like that sort of (laughs) because it really encourages people to look beyond that like what does it mean to be a part of the community how do i enjoy my interactions with this space what do i bring you know there's there's a lot yeah outside of that and you feel like the community is the ones who stay during these hard times mm. will add value as well to they the do whole add project value. They and do. bring in their ideas and yeah. uh, you know participate in this you know s- storytelling aspect or the the, the, evol- the evolution of the lore itself yeah um and speaking of that you know obviously that for us uh, you know have a very distinctive identity and there is a storytelling that's being built around yeah. that collection w- where do you see that going um, in the future in terms of the intellectual property itself? Well, it is a really, really important part of Dead Fellas. Um, for that reason, we've had a, f- a narrative designer um, and a concept artist that have been working together for months um, developing all of that. So we have a very, very rich and fully fleshed out world um, with the law. It's so expansive and huge. And I find that... Um, brands that can really provide an immersive experience and have a world that people can fall in love with mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a really deep way um, will do amazing things. So you see like, um, for example, like Spider-Man, the IP, mm-hmm. you can see that across everything. You have like little kids cartoons, there's comics, there's like really dark live action stuff. You could see that across a lot of different things. And that's how I see Deadfellas. We can really apply it to anything, but I think that the unique intersection that we have in NFTs is that we get to create it. And so we we can be like, oh, we're going to work with Ledger and do this cool thing, or we're going to work with this streetwear brand and um, just constantly thinking up new ways to be in the dead fellas world, in the real world. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's very exciting. Yeah, I love that what you said about storytelling. If you think about it, storytelling has such an important place within our world. Everything is storytelling. Everything. Like, you know, nations, religions, and even entertainment. It's all is storytelling. And how do you unite people around an idea that evokes something, to your point, emotionally, 
to them. And, yeah. and it's not an easy job. It's very, very hard to, to manage an IP. And um, to that point, you, you actually signed a deal with UTA. So first of all, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Because, you know, UTA are obviously one of the biggest talent agencies out there. Uh, and it's very interesting to me to see, you know, the blockchain-based IP starting to not compete yet with, you know, off-chain IP, if you can characterize them this way, or mainstream IP, but it's getting there. Yeah. And if you have, you know, talent agencies like UTA being interested in managing blockchain IP, um, it, it is actually very um, positive for the whole space. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, and I'm interested to know what, what your thoughts are about that topic, but you're going to see like the blockchain-based intellectual property going um, to the physical world and then you're going to have the you know physical world or off-chain intellectual property trying to come on chain and you, you started seeing it with you know disney launching their own digital assets on the blockchain and then obviously that fellas are or and other you know projects like the doodles and the, the apes are starting to try and, and bring to life their ip in the physical world how do you see that like kind of transition happening on both sides and what what, what do you think that fellas role is going to be in that in the physical world I think what I've, I see this as a bridge, um, a meaningful one for Web2 brands. Um, our intention is to build across both of those worlds um, in parallel, um, really blurring the lines with it and bringing, bringing constant value. So UTA is providing like a really great cut through. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. We just have Sorry. someone, someone yeah. passing by and saying hi. Sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so UTA are really providing um, that cut through for us to be able to reach the people that want to work with us. And, you know, we can bring cool ideas to them in a way that they understand because UTA, the team that we're working with there, the Web3 team, it's like a dedicated team. They deeply understand Web3. They're from Web3. and But they also have this very deep understanding IP relationships between, you know, collaborating brands and what people can do to expand on that. So, yeah, for us, it's like, how do we do it in a way that is respectful of the ethos to Web3? Mm -hmm. A lot of brands have, 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 you know, entered the space in very uh, interesting ways that may not have been great for everyone and and actually may have been detrimental to the space in general because other brands see that happening and they're like oh my gosh look what happened um so i see this opportunity as us to be able to stop that um there's a lot of other people doing it as well and i think that that's very positive um as mass adoption happens people will want those mm -hmm. um those like cutting edge collaborations we can do very new things as well with them like you know they might not have um the facilities or the capabilities to be able to like throw a metaverse party or have like you know wearables that have real life merch at the same time and maybe we do like a digital fashion show and but that's happening in real life too like that's not really their world for many of those but we can do that so yeah yeah i think it's going to be very very interesting you know the next few years are going to be very interesting and seeing that evolve mm. it will be fascinating because you know when you think about it it's kind of like when you have this community owned intellectual property and back to the earlier point that we were making about the community being able to participate in the evolution of that intellectual property 
you're actually decentralizing culture in one way or another because yeah. you don't have to go to a certain publisher or a certain streaming platform or a certain, um, you know, whatever gallery for an artist in order to give you that stamp of approval and be like, hey, you can do your thing. Yeah. You can actually finance and uh, support the ideas from within the community. And then when you have that built-in fan base, um, all of these publishers and distributors will be interested in it. And, and I'm curious, and probably, you know, you have a lot of things planned on your roadmap, but can you give us any, like, kind of sneak, peek, sneak peeks of how that, you know, um, intellectual property of the Death Fathers in general and all of these characters will be brought to life, um, in, you know, in the next few few years or, you know, in 2022? Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're looking at expanding and we are expanding currently into all um, facets of entertainment and media. And so uh, with that will come, you know, what you typically expect from that, TV shows and movies and music videos and all of that. But that's very, like normal stuff and we like to push the boundaries and so um, meta wrapping what we're developing for it's basically interoperability for our avatars for dead fellas so it will be um, you can take your dead fell into any metaverse space that's currently around um, including web 2 platforms like tiktok and twitch and you can be your dead fella in those spaces so you can stream as your dead fella you can play games as you dead fellow wherever you are and um we want that's going to be a big thing anyway i can't it's that's very (laughs) expensive and it's going to open that up for um for everyone in the space and i think will be quite pivotal in um heading towards that interoperability that's such a buzzword that Mm -hmm. we don't really see at the moment yeah, and having that sense of digital identity, you know, being able to allow the community members to actually embody the dead fellas avatars mm. within these different worlds. And at the end of the day, you know, you might you might have that sense of, you know, liberty to take on your dead fellow and create another project with it, or you know, you could have a dead fella singer or actor just, you know, basically because they are embodying the avatar within an, a digital world. And that's I find that to be fascinating because at the end of the day, back to the whole thing about the, the storytelling, it's actually going to be every single community member participating with their character. That's it. And like content is king and yeah. they can create their own content. They can represent the dead fellas brand however they want to. Playing with digital identity is something that was a connoisseur of dead fellas it's why I was anonymous to start off with or one of the reasons Um, you know as like a flagship example of how you can create a personal brand around a profile picture Um, and I did I was on like crazy panels with people just you know everyone else's photo and like my my green zombie Um, just show people that you can do that and now we can expand on that even more but yeah everything's about communication wanting to belong to something wanting Mm -hmm. to be heard so yeah so it's time to move on to our last segment of the show okay um this is called rapid fire oh (laughs) okay (laughs) so obviously the name says it all rapid fire questions some of them will be harder than others but the idea is you know that you shouldn't take a lot of time to answer them sure so are you ready yeah all right so your favorite nft drop my favorite nft drop yeah oh my gosh i was so excited about doodles when they dropped that one yeah okay why Is there a specific reason? The art was uh, just so sick. I was just so obsessed with it. That's one of the first, one of the first ones that I've been like, oh my god, like I just love it. Yeah. Same here. Great. Oh, shout out to the Doodles team. Yeah. We love them. Yeah. Your favorite Web three figure? 
Oh, my favorite. I'm going to go with Mech, my innovations consultant. She's epic. Why? Yeah, her brain works differently than anyone else's that I know. She's very innovative. She thinks completely outside the box and she's brilliant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Australia or the States? Can I say both? No, we have to choose. <laughs> we, uh, I love Australia because I live there, but we might be moving to LA because it's going to be easier to work from. So I don't know. That's, you I have can't to say really LA as well. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite thing about Australia? The country itself, like the land is beautiful. Okay. Yeah. All right. URL or IRL? URL. Oh, and, oh no, I love IRL <laughs> too. Uh, both. So, okay, tell me why both. <laughs> well, online, I have had the best time ever in the last year. Like, absolutely epic. It's been amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. You have that sense of freedom, right? Yeah, it's just wild. Yeah. Like, And just it's exhilarating being around such amazing, brilliant people that are pushing boundaries and building cool shit. Like, all of that is just very inspiring. I love it. It's crazy. So much. You could be you could be chatting with a 14-year-old or a 70-year-old or you know whatever, you know, sexual orientation or skin tone yeah. and the physical the, the digital identity basically takes that all away and focuses only on the ideas and the narrative and I think that's fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's a very interesting space to be working in. Um and it's for that yeah, I love online. Um but nothing beats real life connection. Yeah, I think so too. What do you think is the most underhyped project? of the space currently Cre Creature World why? I think that Danny is brilliant I've said brilliant a bit for a bit in the last few minutes but <laughs> there's a lot of brilliance going on um, Danny is someone that focuses on creativity and experimentation in a way that I find really inspiring um, I think that he's just I just really think he's great and okay. I think that he's ahead of his time what about your Biggest NFT regret? My biggest NFT regret? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> everyone saw me buy a Moonbird at 39 ETH. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, you bought yeah, one you at didn't. 39 no, no. They, People were not happy. Yeah, wow. that, that happened recently. And then... Um, yeah, it, it happens to the best it, of us. We yeah, all fall. You know, yeah, it, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's fine. My hidden fold, right? my, my bird is nesting. Let's just say my hidden fold is pretty full too. <laughs> as I'm sure yours is and everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all right. You know, as I was saying, it happens to the best of us. We can all FOMO. What, what about your dream collab? My dream collab? Yeah. Oh, God, I can't. I really want to make, I really want to make a Balenciaga um, faux fur coat. All right. That's Pretty what I, interesting. I really want. Like a that fellow's one? Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's that would, what, really I would love cool. that. Um, but there's, I've got a lot of dream collabs and some of them are happening, so I can't really talk too much about that. No alpha? <laughs> no alpha, sorry. Luxury? Fashion? Seems... Not going not okay. to give any hints because my right. community will push. jump on it immediately. <laughs> All right. I understand. Yeah. What's your favorite that fellow's memory? Minting out, I think. Minting out yeah. on the first day. Feels yeah. good, right? It was, it was, I knew it was going to happen, but it was... Um, yeah, you knew it, it was going to happen, but when it happens, it's still good. It <laughs> it's was still good unbelievable, feeling. even though I knew it was going to happen. It okay. was just wild. It really just signified like a change, like a, a change in direction. And like, it was just insane. All right. Yeah. yeah. And if you had to bet a Bitcoin on an emerging artist in the space, who would it be? An emerging artist? Yes. Um, one of my favorite artists at the moment um, is Cyber Yuyu. Okay. Um, they create amazing portrait photography, um, but it's like playing with the identity, uh, playing with identity and the idea of um, colonialism and self-expression and all of those sorts of things. 
um, gender and race, um, but they do it by inserting themselves into like classical um, art. Interesting, I think I've seen that. It's very amazing. It's okay. like striking. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, wow. Like okay. very cool. Where can we find them? Um, Cyber UU is on all platforms. All platforms? Yeah. Okay. So the my favorite piece at the moment is called The Swing and it's for sale. And I'm like, I want to I want to buy it, but I want someone else to buy it too. Because I, I want the best for them. But, um, can you talk to us about the piece? Uh, it's just, it's called The Swing. And okay. it's, it's um, you know, there's like a classical um, painting of The Swing. And mm. um, yeah, they're on it. It's just, they're on The Swing instead. It's just fantastic. I'll anyway, check it out. Yeah. Um, and what about your guilty pleasure collection? My guilty pleasure collection? Yeah. I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure. Is it? Maybe. Um, I have a few collections that bring me true joy. Like, yeah. it makes me laugh. Um, there is one, and it's um, pretty under the radar. It's called Juicebox Friends, and it's by an artist called Sarah Stargill. And um, she made me as a Juicebox friend, and it just made me laugh for, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> so I love that one. I need to be checking a lot of things out after yeah, that. Yeah, I just <laughs> think it's so funny. It's just, like, it, anything that kind of lends itself to meme culture in a way that's... yes. I just love so that is basically that it's it's yeah. great another one is um the toads cryptodes cryptodes yeah so not funny. guilty though not just guilty. straight up pleasure like i, lo <laughs> <laughs> I love them entries yeah. are great as well to be yeah. honest um, yeah. and if there was one thing you could change about the space what would it be oh my god um the bro culture yeah, yeah. the bro culture it's hard to break it's hard I can see it getting there and I can see that there's a lot of challenge to it, but it's still there. What do you think is the biggest challenge to it? Like, because um, if you had, if you had, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a man, like what, what would, should I change in my behavior to make it less intimidating for women? Or? I think it's just, I, honestly, I think it's just every person like looking in, into themselves and thinking like, what can I personally do? How am I? Um, perpetuating this mm -hmm. personally and all of us will have something yeah. and and we can just work on that because it's it's you know this space like we talk about it being like this beautiful um, you know utopia where everyone's equal it's just not the case because it's just a reflection of real life and real life we haven't solved any of those issues uh, we're still working on it all so yeah we, like I, I really want to double down on that because it's a, it's a very important topic as a woman, what, what what for you was the hardest thing in this space? Apart from the fact that, you know, it's dominated by men. Who, yeah. Like, in, in, as an artist, obviously you had that layer of protection because you were in uh, in digital avatar. Yeah. Uh, but even, I think, even by being a digital avatar, yeah. was there a lot of pressure being put on you in some way or another? By there is always a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, I think I'm held to a different standard mm -hmm. um, than male founders. I have to do things in a different way. Um, I communicate constantly. I'm in, you know, I'm good friends with, with people that I work with, with founders of all of the other projects that you see, and um, I see the difference in experience between my experience to their experience, and um, that can be a little disheartening. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good men in this space, like a lot. And if there was um, an advice, a single advice that you give to a woman who's just starting her journey in the Web3 space, what would it be? Find your community pretty early. Um, Being me, surrounded. Yeah, yeah, because you don't want to navigate this place um, solo. It can be quite lonely otherwise. Um, so for me, it was, um, I didn't really feel like I could enter the space. Uh, I didn't really hear anyone 
speaking about the things that I wanted to speak about and I felt like, you know, should I? Like, is there a place for me to do that? And then I heard um, the Rock Radio um, BIPOC LGBTQ um, show. Mm -hmm. They've got Twitter spaces that they run all the time. It's um, Patrick and Ed Balloon and Brittany Pierre and um, Mech. And they, they were running this space and I would listen to it. And just listening to them speak about what they spoke about was so different. And um, it really kind of gave me that, like, oh, there's a place for me. Yeah, space. I felt, yeah, I felt really welcome um, there. And, it, and that really helped encourage me to um, continue. All right. Yeah. Well, last question before I let you go. Sure. Where do you see that for us in five years? Oh, God. Um, yeah, just like a, an absolute monolith of pop culture I see is everywhere. I see Deadfellas is going to be one of the biggest brands in the world. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Betty, it was so good to see you. Thank you so much for stopping by. Best of luck to you and the Deadfellas. Thank you. And, you know, I'm very much looking forward to see what you guys are going to do with this. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks yeah, so much. Bye. Bye. That's it. Great chat with Betty. Gotta love her vibe and commitment to the space. Stay tuned because we've got more coming from VCon. And if you haven't subscribed to our show yet, please hit that subscribe button and help us help you get the content you deserve. This was On The Ledger from VCon with your host Mol Sayed. Till next time, see ya! This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment or tax advice. Do your own research. Any loss or profit is your sole responsibility. Stay safe.